Report. If you're talking about it, I'll be talking about it. Dennis Prager here. Join me this morning at 11, right here on AM 560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, talk Thanks a little. for the Twinkie. Oh, you're welcome. You put a hostess Twinkie. It says chocolate sponge cake with creamy filling. Yeah, I found it in uh, from one of my leftover lunches from grade school the other day in my apartment. And uh, But those things last forever, so I thought oh, you'd yeah. enjoy it. A little pick-me-up in the morning. Uh... Okay, we got to talk immigration policy as we were discussing. Trump uh, suggesting as many as 15,000 troops will be deployed to the border to prevent the caravan they're not getting in. You know, once upon a time, Democrats had a different uh, view on immigration policy. We've heard from then-Senator Barack Obama about illegal immigration. We've heard from Hillary Clinton about illegal immigration, Bill Clinton about illegal immigration. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, some... 20 years ago on birthright citizenship. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? No, no sane country would do that, right? Guess again. If you break our laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, we reward that child with U.S. citizenship and guarantee of full access to all public and social services this society provides, and that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country, county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers? It's uh, remarkable how much our, kid, our conversation on the topic of border security and legal immigration policy has deteriorated in the last 25 years, isn't it? As the left has increasingly gone full bigot baiting rather than policy making, And so this is where we find ourselves, and uh, Trump is not afraid to endure the uh, ad hominem of the left in order to keep the promise he made as a candidate. For more on this topic, uh, the constitutionality of what the president has proposed, as we discussed a bit yesterday, we're going to discuss, discuss some more with our friend Randy Barnett, Georgetown Law Professor, his book, which you should pick up, our Republican Constitution, Securing the Liberty and Sovereignty of We the People. Randy, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. In fact, I'm coming to Chicago tonight for a conference at Northwestern tomorrow, and I'm having dinner at one of my favorite all-time favorite restaurants, Carson's Ribs, tomorrow night. Oh, you know, very good. Are you, oh, Carson's. To intro, introduce in, them to Carson's Ribs. Carson's in, uh, in Streeterville or where? On, uh, on, well, no, on Illinois, they have a new they have a new location that's uh, yep. you know near North uh, off Lakeshore Drive, basically. Yeah, no, that's so. right. Yeah, that's right by where I live. I'll uh, come over. You can buy me a drink. Okay. All, All right. right. Oh, it sounds like a date. <laughs> it's gonna be great. What come are you to gonna the, wear? Come to, the, come to the back. Come to the back room. We have a room reserved in the back. All right. Maybe I'll wow. maybe a quick half slab too, and then uh, yeah, and I'll be on my absolutely. way. Um, well, why don't you stay in town? Uh, not only for the Northwestern Notre Dame game on Saturday, but also. Uh, for Tuesday, there's an election you may have heard about, and uh, yeah. I know you're uh, a former assistant Cook County State's attorney, and I saw this tweet, and so I wanted to just, <laughs> I just wanted to get your, I wanted to get the story, but I also wanted just to, to have you discuss the issue. The tweet from Randy Barnett, I'm a law professor who, when I was an assistant Cook County State's attorney on election patrol, had voter fraud committed in front of me. The challenge was getting either the CPD polling place cop or Cook County Sheriff's policeman accompanying me to arrest the guy eventually they did because of course the idea of voter fraud is 
mythology, according to the left. It doesn't happen, even in Cook County. And so I wanted you to share your story. Yeah, well, the guy, a young kid came up and tried to vote in the name of an elderly man. And I did, I was just doing a routine binder check, a signature check. And I noticed the signatures, the signatures didn't match. Well, the polling judges, they didn't notice it. They didn't care. They weren't checking. I was just doing a random check. You know, one of these motions we go through on Election Day in Cook County. And it didn't latch. I looked, I looked at the binder. I saw the guy was supposed to be, like, in his 70s. I look at this kid. He's probably not even golden age. And I oh said, well, I can talk to myself. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like, election fraud just happened right in front of me. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, so I asked the, the uh, sheriff, the, the, the polling uh, cop, the cop was at the polling station. He wouldn't do anything about it. Then the sheriff's policeman that was escorting me from polling place to polling place, he wouldn't do anything about it. Finally, I had to call my supervisor to call his supervisor to have him at least hold the guy. In the meantime, the precinct captain comes up, and he says, hey, look, hey, look, you know, just cut him some slack. I, I'm just trying to get the vote out for your boss. Which then it was uh, Bernard Carey, the Republican. And, uh, yeah, the Democratic precinct captain's trying to turn out the vote for my Republican boss who was defeated in that election, and Rick Daly became the state's attorney after that. And oh the rest what has did, been yeah, glorious history. What did the kids say? I mean, did he deny? It the, wasn't, you know, he was, he uh, yeah, the precinct captain just woke him up, got him out of bed, got him down to vote, and he was just doing what he was told. The kid really was not, the kid was not a problem. And eventually I ultimately went to bat for the kid when he was being prosecuted by our special prosecutions unit because, uh, you know, you know, he just was being told. He's the patsy. Well, right. did they pay him off or yeah. give him a new bicycle no, or no, something? Just, the precinct cap- the local precinct captain comes down and says, hey, come down. I want you to do something for me. You just go do it. Exactly. Wow. If you want a garbage can or, you know, or yeah. whatever, a pothole right. fixed in front of your house right. and all the rest of it. Right. Yeah, so I mean. They, they, we, didn't, yeah. They, they didn't, we didn't throw the book at him, but for sure, because, I, you know, I tried to, you know, I, I don't think we would have anyway, but because he was just a kid. But it was just the idea that here I am on polling control and all of a sudden voter fraud happens right in front of me and nobody in the whole precinct wanted to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just I wanted you to tell the story because I just think that the idea that this doesn't happen, you know, that's promulgated by Chicago Democrats here just always fries me. It's so ridiculous. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, move to uh, federal policy and the Constitution. Your uh, take on the uh, citizenship clause in the 14th Amendment and whether or not the president has a argument to make that he could revoke birthright citizenship by executive order. Well, let's not go to the executive order route because I think that's 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 really that all depends on what statutes, what discretion the statutes give the president, and we haven't gotten there yet. And I don't know what advice he's getting, and I don't know the statutes well enough to to say that there's some slack that statutes give him. Otherwise, he can't do it by executive order. Okay. The big question is for the birthright citizenship issue. And uh, hey, look, I'm not an expert on this, but I have I'm familiar with the literature. I have been familiar with the literature. I'm sure we're going to learn more about this as we go forward, but if all persons born, all, what is it about all persons uh, born in the United States or citizens of the United States do you not understand? It's all persons means all persons. Now, obviously, the entire argument on behalf of the president and other people who I respect who make this argument depends on the exception, which is subject to the jurisdiction thereof language that follows all persons. But that was a recognized category of people who are not subject to the U.S. jurisdiction because they are subject to another sovereign's jurisdiction. They are actually under the control of another sovereign, such as diplomatic staff. The diplomats who are under the control of their sovereign, invading and occupying armies who are under the control of their sovereign, and Indian members of Native American tribes who are under the control of their sovereigns. This was a recognized category. Um, Now, all the arguments that are being made about why 
the 14th Amendment doesn't give uh, illegals immigration status because the, found, the, the authors of the 14th Amendment would never have intended that. These are all the same arguments, these are all the same living constitutional arguments that are made against the Second Amendment's application to today's circumstances because the people who wrote the Second Amendment wouldn't have imagined, for example, high-powered rifles and high-powered weaponry being in mass-produced or cities that are so congested. They would never have imagined that, so they would not have wanted their amendment to apply there. And those same arguments, living constitutional arguments, are, are the best arguments on behalf of the president. So actually, I think that critics of the president and, and critics of this policy have to hope that the Supreme Court are going to be originalist justices and they're not going to be conservative living constitutionalists. Wow. With respect to um, the uh, uh, case law on topic, on point, um, the dicta in particular cases from the 80s, Plyler v. Doe and INS v. Rios Pineda are the two important cases. Um, J- Justice Brennan's footnote in that 1982 Plyler case just to explain to people the importance of uh, Supreme Court justice dicta in a particular holding uh, versus the actual holding for precedential value. Well, um, obviously, dict- the holding is the outcome of the case, and then the dicta. Are, is reasoning that doesn't relate to the uh, outcome of the case. There are opinions, lots of extraneous opinions in, in, uh, expressed in, in judicial opinions. And those, if they're not necessary to resolve the case, then they're just the opinion of the justice. That's what dicta is, as opposed to a holding. But I judge this matter the way I judge most matters as an originalist, based on the original meaning of the text of the Constitution, not based on what the Supreme Court may or may not have said in the 1980s when they weren't necessarily paying attention to the original meaning of the Constitution. So Paul Ryan um, is at odds with President Trump. I mean, why stoke division in the Republican Party just days before the election? What? Well, I'm sure, you know, look, President Trump was asked a question by Axios, and he answered it. Maybe he shouldn't have answered it. Um, and Paul Ryan is asked a question by the press, and he answers it. Mm-hmm. Most of the things we see in the press about the president says this or his critics say that, they're all in response to questions they've been asked by the press that they either have to answer or decline to answer. And it's the press that gets all this stuff worked up, and, and, and you just have to be judicious as to what you say to the press. Just the way I am judicious in what, what I say to you, Dan and Amy, aren't I? Yes, really? indeed oh, you yeah. are. Yes, you're very restrained. <laughs> um, now, let me... <laughs> Let, uh, I'm gonna, but I, I got to push you on this a little bit. Uh, Heritage uh, Foundation attorney Hans von Spakovsky, also an election law guy. I know Hans. Yeah, I know Hans. He has said uh, of the Fourteenth Amendment, the amendment was intended primarily to guarantee citizenship rights for newly freed slaves, not to create a universal right for anyone temporarily or illegally in the country, and therefore not subject to the complete jurisdiction of the United States. And uh, yes. then, then he goes and on to make a policy it's, it's, argument. If you accept that form of argument, because that is, in fact, the reason why we have the 14th Amendment, then the 14th Amendment doesn't protect uh, white, whites, uh, people who were not nearly free trade, because its intent, its scope, is limited by its intent, and its intent was to give citizenship, to reverse Dred Scott and give citizenship to the freemen. And that's what its intent was, and therefore it should be limited to that. Oh, no, 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 it's not written that way. It's written all persons, all persons, uh, and it is no, you know, no state shall deny, uh, to, to make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or unities of citizens of the United States. That's just that's not about whites or blacks or free slaves or anything else. They wrote a general amendment to apply generally. That's why we all have the protection of it, notwithstanding the fact that the immediate problem that they were addressing had to do with the problem of, of the freedmen and getting their citizenship, which the Supreme Court had previously ruled they could never get. He is Randy Barnett. 
always compelling, Georgetown Law Professor, the book, Our Republican Constitution, Securing the Liberty and Sovereignty of We the People, the dinner at Carson's Back Room. Yes. If you want to join us, yep. I'll just put the invite out to everybody, Randy. No, 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 no. I'm no, just no, kidding. No. You only got like a couple extra seats here. <laughs> All right, you Randy. Come, Dan, and bring Amy. All right, oh, Dan. Thanks. She doesn't eat meat. Do you? Do you eat meat? I, uh, I eat they meat. Have veggie, they have veggie stuff there. I right. introduce you to a bunch of nice, nice originalists and, and uh, law professors and critics of originalism. All right, yeah. sounds fun. That's the way to spend a Friday night. It's way to eat your ribs is yeah. what, what that is. Randy, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You're listening to Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. 